What up, Love Quest Nation? You are listening to our latest episode of our 9 a.m. Sunday experience, recorded live at our location in Vancouver, B.C. So come on in and enjoy a powerful right now word brought to you by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy. This special guy up here that's about to breathe some fire up on you guys. I want to welcome up here Elder John. Come on, buddy. Yes. Stretch your hand towards Elder John. Say, mighty man of God, do your thing. Release the word. Hold nothing back. Be bold. Be courageous. Keep it hot in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. 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 I'm excited to be here today. Because I'm just excited to be. You can't be here unless you be first. You can't be born again unless you're born. That's why it's good just being born. However you get born, it's good to be born. Amen. Uh, First thing I want to do is encourage you to decide now what you're going to do. How often do we come and hear things and we say to ourselves, I'm going to listen and see versus I am deciding to hear and respond and obey before I ever hear what's being said. That one decision makes the difference. That one decision affects how you hear, what you hear, it affects the message that you hear. Pastor Terrence has talked about the difference between the word and the message. How the sower sows the word, the preacher preaches the word. And what the enemy comes to do is steal the message. What's the message? The message is that unique thing that God speaks to you, riding on the winds of the word that the sower sows into you. Okay? Jesus operated in that principle. It says he found himself in the scripture. He unfolded the scripture and began to read. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That was the word. The message was, and that means me. That was the message. And so sometimes the way you get the message is by making a decision to honor the word before you hear it. Because then you position yourself for God to really speak to you about the message. Because now you're on the balls of your feet. Now you're looking. Now you're, I've already decided to receive. I've already decided to obey. So now I'm looking. What's coming? What's coming? What's coming? What's coming? What's coming? That's essential. So I encourage you today, in every message, every time you come into the house of God, Every time you get up, decide. I'm going to obey. I'm going to receive. I'm going to do what God asked me to do in response. And I think if you do that, again, you receive more. Okay? I think you do that, you receive more. And I think it's critical. Now, of course, I'm prefacing it in part because of the message that I'm going to bring today. It's one of those messages where you got to decide. Okay? And sometimes... Um, sometimes you can push the peas around your plate, but that don't mean you ate anything. 
you know, when kids, they push the peas, put peas on the plate, and the kids don't want the peas, and they push the peas around the plate. So now they all spread out. Look, mom, I ate something. No, you didn't. You just pushed the peas around the plate. <laughs> okay. So just decide today. Amen. 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 So part of what I've been speaking about and sharing about in this Sunday morning times is the power of prayer, because I think it's important. It's essential. Um, it is it is it is right, 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 right now. You've never needed prayer more than you've needed prayer right now. You need it more. Uh, you need it like the air you breathe. And we talked about that already. But I also think it is important if you're going to have responsibility, not only to share what needs to be done, but how. It is unfair for you to tell people, you need to do this and then walk away. That's unfair. If you tell them you need to do this, then I think it's incumbent to set them up for success and then tell them how. Now, whether that's that, you need to do this, check that out for how and leave. So you don't always have to be the one explaining the how, but you have to give them some direction on the how. And whenever Jesus taught, whenever the God said something, he always gave you the how. He never just taught you and just left you. He always taught the how. If he said do, he gave you the how. And if you read the scripture in context, you'll find that. Jesus never, never, never says do this and doesn't show you how. And as we talked about the power of prayer, we're talking about praying agape kind of prayers. I'm not going to... Uh, uh, summarize that uh, today, but as we talked about the agape kind of prayer, part of it, the last message I shared was to give you some of the hows, okay? How do you walk in that agape prayer? One is by focusing on the other aspects of the kingdom that allow you to see to your own needs, declare the word, meditate in the word, do those kinds of things that takes care of you, so then you're able to move into that agape God kind of focused prayer. And one of the things we talked about in terms of the how that de that deals with the you part, but also it's a connection to how you pray in the Gopi prayer part was praying in other tongues, praying in tongues. And so I thought I was, it was on my heart uh, today in preparing to talk about that a little more detail because that's an essential part of the how, how you have your needs met and take care of things, but how also how you can walk in the kind of love that allows you to pray those agape kind of prayers that change nations and shake cities and, and, and move generations, right? So I think it's important to talk a little bit more, more about that how part. And praying in tongues is essential to doing that. What does praying in tongues do? What praying in tongues does is it mortifies the flesh. It mortifies the flesh. What does mortification mean? Mortification is that thing that stops flesh from stinking. What's a mortician? A mortician is someone that takes a decaying body and stops its decaying process. Okay. So what? So you can have your ceremonies and those kind of things. What's mortar in a building? Mortar is that element that makes the bricks stay in place, fixes it. Right. What mortification does is it it fixes your flesh. So it cannot stink up your life anymore. It cannot continue to decay and to create disease in your life anymore. It fixes your flesh. 
What is your flesh? Your flesh are those desires that would lead you more to the word world and more away from God. If the flesh is that which leads you to be selfish and self-centered and self-focused. It's that thing that leads you to destruction because it leads you away from the love of God and serving others. Praying in tongues helps to mortify the flesh. It helps to silence your flesh, to be still to your flesh. Now, this is really important. Why? Because we can try to walk after God, but if we don't stop the water from coming in, we can never have a dry house. Okay? One of the ways you deal with sickness in life is not only to medicate, but to stop the problem. If the doctor said this, first we have to stop the bleeding then we can move towards the healing. Sometimes to move in the spirit of God and by the kingdom of God, you have to first stop the flesh from acting up. And if you stop the flesh from acting up, then as you move by the spirit, you're able to grow more and do more and do it quicker, faster, and more firmly. Okay? So so from that standpoint, it's important to, um, to understand that what that praying in tongues does uh, primarily, first and foremost, is it mortifies the flesh. Say mortifies the flesh. Say mortifies the flesh. Amen. Let's go to Romans 8. It says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Praying in tongues helps us put to death the deeds of the body. Puts to death the desires, those pulls that keeps us and moves us away from where God is calling us and away from what God has made us to be and to do. Praying in tongues helps mortify the flesh. You know, the one thing about a, a dead man, a dead man don't move. You holler for a dead man. You go to a funeral and say, dead man. Well, as believers, we can call the dead to rise. But normally speaking, right, a dead man don't move. A dead man only moves to the extent it gets energized by external force. Right? You can mortify your flesh so your flesh don't move. And no matter how many demands and pulls you get on it, it's not going to pull you astray. Praying in tongues helps mortify the flesh. Praying in tongues is also the language of heaven. How does it mortify the flesh? It takes something outside of itself and begins to transform it. It is the language of heaven. It's heaven stuff on what we deal with. First Corinthians 13 says this. If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels. If I, Paul says, I as a person can speak in tongues of men or of angels. Praying in other tongues is this devotional tongue. It's a language from heaven that God gives us. And we're able to communicate on heaven's frequency. In today's vernacular, I say this. The praying in tongues is the language of heaven, which means what? It's encrypted end to end. An encrypted language means what? It's only available to those who have the keys to unlock it. You can't just jump on it and find out. Praying in tongues is not public Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay? It's an encrypted language, an encrypted ability to communicate with God. It is the language of heaven. 
Praying in tongues, because it's the language of heaven, it edifies our spirit. Right? So we see it steals the flesh. It comes from heaven, and it also strengthens our spirit. What does it mean to edify? It means to strengthen. It means to build up. It means to um, create stronger foundations. It's edifice. This building is an edifice. Okay? Now, let me tell you something about edifices or edify. If it's more than one edifice. Anyway, edifices. When you edify yourself, you become a monument and a signpost. You become a landmark. You become a witness and a direction for others who are passing by. I need to go to so-and-so. Go down to that edifice, that building, then make a left there. When you edify yourself, yes, you strengthen yourself to withstand the rigors. If it's windy outside, you come into the edifice and you don't feel the wind. When someone's chasing you outside, you come into the edifice and you find safety. Right? But also, too, the edifice becomes a direction for those that are looking, those that are lost. This building, this edifice has a steeple on top. And it's the high point in this area. And it was a time when people would come travel by water. They would know that they were home when they'd see the steeple. They'd see the edifice. They would know where they were. Praying in tongues edifies you and causes you to be a signpost. It causes people to look at you and say, I know where I am or I know where I need to go. Praying in tongues edifies our spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says this, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. Praying in other tongues is a language of the spirit that goes outside of our understanding. In some ways, it allows us to multitask, to kingdom orient ourselves and still be effective in the earth. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. When you're praying in other tongues, now how does it edify you? Because you're allowing yourself to speak about the hidden things that are going on inside of you. See, sometimes your money problem is not a money problem. Sometimes it's an unforgiveness problem. And unless you know that, that's a mystery to you. What's a mystery? Something I don't know. Something that has to be solved. Something where I got clues about it, but I'm not really sure yet. Okay? That's what a mystery is. Something that's presented in front of me, but I just can't. It's clouded. It's, it's foggy. You can think it's one problem, but it's really something else. Praying in tongues helps you release those mysteries, helps take the mystery out of what's going on in your life. And not only does it do it for you individually, but it also does it for you collectively and corporately. There's a lot of mystery going on. What should we do? Where should we go? What is God saying? Why is this happening? All that can be mysteries. And what praying in other tongues does, it allows you to utter and speak and begin to communicate in mysteries between you and heaven. You talking mysteries to heaven and heaven talks back in mysteries unto you. Okay. And the great thing about praying in other tongues as you edify your spirit is that what? It's perfect prayer. Prayer meant to be answered. How would you like to be able to pray a perfect prayer? Perfect prayers get perfect answers and get perfect results. Praying in tongues edifies you because it's more efficient. It's the most efficient way of building up your spirit. It is a way of building up your spirit without error. 
1 Corinthians 14, 4 says this, who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. You strengthen yourself. I'm just laying foundation for where is that in scripture? You strengthen yourself. It, you edify yourself. Jude 20 says this, but you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. When you pray in other tongues, one of the ways you edify your spirit is by building up faith in your spirit. Now, what kind of faith? Faith for or faith in? There's a difference between faith for and faith in. You can have faith for something, but not have faith in something. You can have faith for what God wants you to do, but not have faith in the one who's calling you to do it. What praying in tongues does is builds you up on your most holy faith to believe even more in the one who loves you, in the one who's given his life for you. You know, scripture says faith works by love. Now, it does mean that you need to love to see faith in operation. It does mean that. Be loving because that helps move your faith. But I also believe it means this. That the more you know how much God loves you, the stronger you're built up in that, the more you can believe you can do anything. If I know my daddy loves me, I can do whatever I call to do. You, you see this with kids, right? I've been to the park with my kids and um, my kids, they would see me, right? And, and they would look back at me. Is daddy there? If daddy's there, I'm going to come play over here. And they get to playing and after and every now and then they look back, daddy, you still there. As long as I know daddy is there, as long as I know a daddy loves me, I can be bold. I can step forward. I can do whatever daddy says I can do. When you know how much God loves you, when you have faith in God, faith in how much he loves you, not just faith for something. Okay. You can do anything, anything. And praying in tongues helps you to really believe that God really loves you. And I'm going to tell you, that's critical for our walk as believers in this time, in this space. People are looking for love in so many places. And the enemy comes to attack that love. Everything in your life, every attack of the enemy in your life is designed to undermine one thing. The belief that God loves you. Everything. Everything comes down to that. And if you ask people that, you know why some people are atheists? I, I've heard stories about certain prominent atheists. And they have this big rational argument for atheism. But if you listen to their origin story, their backstory, they say this. So what did happen? Well, my grandmother was sick and I prayed and she died. And as at that point, so what you're really saying is you didn't believe God loved you, your grandmother enough to do something. And the fact you doubted God's love led you on a path to doubt that God even would be there for you. It said this way in John 11, Jesus um, has a friend named Lazarus. And Jesus is outside of town and they send a word to Lazarus and say, Jesus, the one whom you love is sick. Why? Because the enemy is trying to get Jesus to walk outside of his call. Not too long before that, Jesus was in the same town Lazarus was in, and they tried to kill him. So and Jesus left town. So the enemy said, how can we get him back to town to get the drop on him? I know. 
will, will, will manipulate love. Jesus, uh, the one whom you love is sick. And the devil think, I got him. If he responds, it comes back. We're going to get the drop on him and he's going to get him killed. And if he don't respond, he's going to look like a phony, like he don't really love people the way he does. Cool. We got him. And the temptation was to move back because there's this question of this love. But Jesus knew it don't matter whether I go early, go late. When you're the resurrection and the life, when you know who your father is and who he's with you, I can wait till they get there before I come. It's not a problem. And you know the great thing about that strategy? Mysteries. I'm not just talking about love. I'm showing you how mysteries work. In that moment of mystery, Jesus said, it's probably better for me to let him die than to go heal him before he does. Because when he died, you know what happened? They took him out of that town to the cemetery outside of town. So now Jesus can go minister him without going back into that town and maybe being getting a drop on him. Okay? And when he came out to minister to him outside of town, Mary and Martha, both of them, you know how we say we don't, we don't want to be like Martha. Martha in the scripture, always working. Jesus is preaching and you're working, working. So I don't want to be like Martha. I want to be like Mary, who's at Jesus' feet, listening to him. I want to be like Mary and we extol and lift up Mary, right? Both of them came to Jesus and said this. Basically, if you had been here, he would not have died. You know what they were really were saying to Jesus? I thought you loved him enough to come. I thought you loved us enough if you didn't love him enough. Mary says, Martha says this, I, I work for you. I thought you loved me enough in the work I did for you for you to come. Mary said, I stood at your feet denying all that work, focused solely on you. I thought you loved me enough to come. Now, that's the point, right? It don't always, the, the challenge to your love doesn't always come in language. It challenges it directly. The enemy comes to challenge how much God loves you. Praying in other tongues will edify you in the knowledge of how much God loves you. So when those challenges come, you're able to say, no, I know God loves me. No, I know he's with me. No, I won't doubt his love for me. And praying in other tongues will reveal those mysteries to you as to what's going on. So in Jesus' example with Lazarus, we see it working in both instances. Verse 21 says this, it says, and praying in the Holy Spirit, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And then it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. So clearly the scripture is saying there's some connection between praying in the spirit, building yourselves up and the love of God. And we just talked about that. Praying in tongues releases mysteries. I've talked about that a bit, but I want to develop it a little bit more. He says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. God, how do we understand how to navigate in this time? Praying in other tongues releases the mysteries that are required for you to understand what's going on. 
Jesus, uh, 1 Corinthians, it says this. So then let us be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We are required to steward the mysteries of God. We are required to properly handle the mysteries of God. I practice law and I'm a law instructor, law professor. And, it's, and there's an axiom in the law that says this. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. So for us to be able to go to God and say, God, it was mysterious. I didn't know what was going on. So you ought to excuse me from obedience. But he's saying here is this. No, you're called to be stewards of the mysteries. You're called to be stewards of what's going on in your life and in these times, in these places. As believers in Christ Jesus, you are called to be those people that understand the times and what to do. You're called to be a steward of that. On a micro level and on a macro level. What's the micro level? Your family, your communities, your, your, your areas of influence. On a macro level, the, your, your territories, your, your institutions, the people around you. Stewards are the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful in what we're called to do. In Matthew 13, 11, Jesus says this, and he replied to them, to you it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. To you it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries. So when we see in all these scriptures combined, what we really see Jesus is saying is, one, you have to steward mysteries. You have to know the mysteries of God. I'll do things in mysteries to keep you from the enemy from knowing about it. Okay? And it's given to you to know it. You are responsible for knowing I'm not putting things in a mysterious form to keep it from you. I'm doing it to keep it for you. I'm doing it to keep it for those who are able to unlock it. And believe me, I'm not going to just tell you that you need to be faithful in understanding the mysteries of God. I'm going to show you how. I'm going to empower you with the spirit that you might, in praying in other tongues, might be releasing those very kinds of, that kind, those kinds of things. I'm going to go to... Praying in tongues brings refreshing. Everyone say refreshing. Refreshing. Say refreshing. Why are you tired? I think about Lucille Ball. Are you tired? Run down. Listless. You poop out of parties. Anyway, for all the people over 50 in the house, say, hey. Anyway, the idea is, God, I'm tired. COVID got me down. I'm tired. I'm tired of being at home. I'm just weary. I'm weary, God. It's just hard. Praying in tongues brings refreshing. Now, Isaiah 28, 10, it says this. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. So there's this systematic building of foundation and truth and accuracy for stability and longstanding and generational impact. And then verse 11 says this. For with stammering lips... And another tongue, he will speak to his people with stammering lips. God is telling you there's a promise of a day when I'm going to bring this message, bring this gift to you in a way that's going to bring a refreshing to your souls, a refreshing to you that this generation has longed for. A refreshing that comes out of that communion with God, a refreshing that comes out of letting the living waters of God flow through you in a glorious, majestic way. It says, to whom he said, these people, this is the rest with which you may uh, cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing that God is calling for you. But it says, yet they would not hear. Now, if I'm the enemy 
of God. One of the things I want to do is get you tired. Because tires make cowards of us all, a football coach said one time. Tired would get you off focus. Tired would get you um, to make mistakes you wouldn't normally make. Tired. Tires what causes people driving in trucks who doing like 25 shifts to run off the road. Tired. Tires what causes you to go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to speak to you that vile way. Forgive me, I'm tired. Tires what get you to like, man, you know, I'm usually going to be faithful to my wife. But I'm tired after manner, after work, after the conference, I'm tired. And now you opened up to maybe a temptation that you wouldn't have otherwise been opened up to. Tired. The enemy says, if I can get you tired, I can get you beat. I can get you making mistakes. I can get you overcome. Isn't any wonder then he, the enemy tries to sow doubts about praying in other tongues? When God is saying, this is the promise for the refreshing I've called you. This is the thing I've promised to help rejuvenate you, help recuperate, you know. Professional athletes do this um, at the highest level. Right after the game, they continue to um, uh, recuperate. You'll see it sometimes. At the end of the game, the big players, when they get pulled out of the game, they'll put ice on their knees immediately. Why? Because I have to begin the refreshing as soon as I finish. If I want to be ready for the next game, to op operate at optimum level, I got to start the refreshing right now. Okay? Praying in other tongues helps bring the refreshing. God, I don't, I'm tired. I've been praying for my family to come to the Lord. I've been praying about break. I've been praying about these things. I've been seeking these things and I'm just tired, God, ready to give up. But maybe you begin to pray in other tongues for a bit and you'll find a refreshing for your soul. And a wellspring of water of life coming up and flowing through you. Praying in tongues helps bring that refreshing. Praying in tongues clarifies our hearing. Now, praying in tongues is about speaking for sure. Say speaking. It's about speaking for sure. But understand this. It also increases your hearing. Why? Because in order to pray in other tongues, you're using a language for which God's giving you utterance. Uh, Acts 2 says this, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When you're teaching the child to speak, what do you do? You say, dad. And they go, dad. Right? Now they can't say dad unless they first what? Hear dad. Okay? By the fact that this language, these tongues comes uh, by the spirit giving you utterance, your spirit has to first hear the language in order to produce the language. So in producing the language, you are strengthening your hearing the spirit. You're being sensitive to the spirit leading, spirit talking, spirit moving in your life. You're becoming more sensitive to the voice of the spirit. So praying in other tongues helps increase our hearing, which increases our effectiveness, which increases our accuracy and our efficiency. Praying in tongues is founded in grace. It's founded in grace. You, people can get very works about it in mentality. 
man, if I don't pray in other tongues for 10 minutes, then, you know, God not going to love me. No, no, no. Love of God is not dependent on what you do or don't do. You can't increase it. You can't decrease it. The love of God is just like that. It's founded in grace. Well, if I want to be a super Christian, I got to pray in tongues more. It's founded in grace. It's a gift. It's a gift. And when you pray and exercise that gift out of grace, then you have life flowing. It's a gift. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. It's a gift that's for everybody, for every believer that's willing to believe. It is a gift for everybody. It's not for the super, super. It's not for the special, special. It's not for the most intelligent. It's a gift for the believers, for everyone that believes. He says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Part of this promise is what we read about in Isaiah 28. This refreshing, this gift, this stammering lips. That's part of what this promise is about. This praying in other tongues here. It's a gift. God says, I want to give it to you. It's not something that you earn. And every time you exercise it, you're magnifying the grace of God and the one who gave it to you. Every time you exercise it, you're walking in a grace because you're doing something that you don't know how to do intellectually. You haven't learned to do. You haven't trained to do. You're magnifying the grace of almighty God. It's something you get to do, not something you have to do. It says this in Luke 24, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's a repeat of the scripture we just read. But again, it's something that Spirit speaks to you. It's not something you do on your own. You can't take pride in the fact that you pray in other tongues because it's not you doing it. It's someone telling you what to do. Okay? It's someone in your ear telling you like a broadcaster. Tonight, tonight, we want to present to you breaking news, right? It's something that they're giving you. It's by the grace of God. In Acts chapter 2, 39, he says this. I skipped down a few slides. It says this. Uh, 38. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift, grace. It's gift. Now, why am I spending so much time repeating these same scriptures? Because I am eroding everything in you that would cause you to believe that it's not for you. I am eroding with the word of God, everything in you that would believe you to say, it's not for me, it's not necessary, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Praying in other tongues unifies us for the impossible. Genesis 11 says this, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Men were trying to build a tower going up to God. You may know this story coming as the Tower of Babel. They said, we want to make sure that people know us and our name is great and we don't disappear from the earth. So they said, let's build us a tower to reach up to God. Let's build a tower to go to God. And the Lord had said, indeed, the people are one and they have, all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Being in unity with this one language allowed them to do anything 
that was available for them to do. So God says this. So come, let us go down and there confuse their language. They may not understand one another's speech. This is the biblical reference for how we get a lot of these languages in the land, in the earth. Okay. It's important to understand, though, when Jesus came and giving us the gift of tongues, he was returning back to us that which was scattered in this scripture here. What he was saying is before I, there was some concern about you being in one language and being in unif and being in unity before there was a concern about that because you weren't born again. You weren't filled with the spirit. You didn't know the love of God on the inside of you. But now that I've come and paid the price, now that I'm living on the inside of you, I'm going to do a couple of things. One, I'm going to allow you to be one again. And I'm going to give you a language and ability to pray in other tongues that it gives you the same language of heaven. Unifies your language to make sure that now there is nothing available to you that cannot be done. What he's saying is now I am going to give you the same ability back to you now in this moment. Now, if we really believe this to be the case, what we find is that praying in other tongues then is essential for us to walk in unity as believers. It's essential. It's the one language of our fathers, the one language of our, of, of our heaven. And when we're praying in other tongues, we are, when I'm becoming one with God in Christ, praying in other tongues, being edified in him, and you're doing the same thing, we automatically are going to become unified because we're focusing on the same kingdom, the same heaven, the same God, the same, the, the, the same atmosphere. Praying in other tongues magnifies the Holy Spirit and fire in our lives. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house. Then there appeared to them tongues as a fire and rested upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues again as the Spirit gave them utterance. It magnifies the Holy Ghost and fire in our lives. And as we talked so much about yesterday, it releases the glory in your life. When you're praying in other tongues, you releases the glory in your life. It's releasing the glory of God in so many different kinds of ways. I, I, I say it to you this way. When you're praying in other tongues, you're edifying yourself. You're energizing yourself. You're releasing God's glory in a more magnificent way. Here's a picture for you of what it looks like. Have you ever seen thermal imaging? Thermal imaging is heat pictures. So there's a thermal imaging camera. You can take a picture of me right now. Ready? Boom. There's a take a picture of me and it would show the heat register around my body. The more I begin to pray in this, the more I begin to exercise. What happens? The picture gets redder and brighter and lighter and more expansive. You literally begin to see me disappear behind the heat image, the red image of the heat coming off of me. You lose sight of me and lose and get focused on the atmosphere around me. When you're praying in other tongues, it does that. It's releasing the glory on the inside of you and releasing the, the energy into the atmosphere. What God's doing around you is that very same kind of thing. It's a way of ex expanding your reach from where you are to where you need to go. Do you know that the sun impacts you? You know, you can go outside in the sun and try not to tan. I'm, I'm not going to. You go outside and just being in the presence of the sun, you will tan. Why? Because the reach of the light and the heat of the sun will impact you. 
When you're praying in other tongues and you're releasing this glory of God on the inside of you, it's like the heat and the rays of the sun extending from you. That when you're just walking past people, they're going to be impacted. Because the atmosphere around you is transformed. The glory that surrounds you is, is, is different, is magnified in a different sort of way. It releases the glory. And when we do this, in 1 Corinthians 14, it says this, I'll pray in a tongue, I'll pray uh, in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What's the conclusion? I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with my understanding. Praying in tongues is not a substitute for your praying in English or praying in natural languages. When I pray in English, most people understand me. I have a southern accent a little bit, so sometimes it's hard and I speak really fast. But when I pray in English, you can understand me. When I'm praying in the spirit, God understands and it may be revealed to you. So what do you do? You got to do both. But releasing that glory comes not just with praying. What does it says? I will sing with my spirit. You know, you can pray in tongues. You can sing in tongues. You can make cookies in tongues. You can ba you can ball in tongues. You can sit there and play your games in tongues. There's nothing you can do. Or you can do everything in a way uh, and releasing the spirit and the tongues of God on the inside of you to, to do amazing things. You can release the glory in your life, praying in tongues in any place, anywhere, anytime, in anything that you do. And uh, praying in tongues is also this. It's essential to an apostolic mandate. Now, we believe in this, in this house, part of the vision and mission in this place of our church, Love Quest International Church, is that we're apostolic governing house. What does that mean? That means sometimes we're called to do stuff first and bring people along. We're called to stand in the gaps for churches maybe that have a hard time getting some things going. We're called to say, listen, go this way. We've tried it. God is moving in this direction. An apostolic mandate. Okay. In order to fulfill an apostolic mandate, you've got to be praying in other tongues. It's essential. Paul says this. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. What Paul is saying is this. Don't you understand that? It's my speaking in tongues that helped me get the book. Of, he didn't write the book of Acts. Helped me live out the book of Acts. It's my speaking in tongues that helped me write all the books of the Bible. It's my speaking in tongues that gives you the revelation that I'm sharing with you. It's my speaking in tongues that's helped edify me when I've been, what does he say? I've been, I've been tossed in the sea twice. I've been given 39 stripes three times. It's my praying in tongues that's edified my spirit and helped me do what I've been called to do. It's my praying of the tongues that's unfolded the mysteries and the precision of the kingdom of God so we can do precept upon precept Isaiah 28, line upon line, we can build properly and build rightly. Praying in tongues has been essential to my apostolic mandate. And if we're called to be a church that's called to, to know the times and what to do, if we're called to be a church that governs and protects and to lead, if we're called to be that, then praying in other tongues is essential. And I will tell you this, you're called to be that in your own life. What, is, what does it just literally mean in its most basic form to be and be apostolic? It means to be sent with the call of God in your life. Are you sent with the call of God on your life to your workplace? Are you sent with the call of God on your life to your family? Are you sent with the call of God on your life to where you vacation? Are you sent with the call of God on your life for any place that you go? 
then you have apostolic mandate then to understand the times and the seasons and the atmosphere and what's happening and what's going on in that pace, in that place and in that space. You're called to it. And God gives you a gift to be able to help you operate in it. Now, this gift of praying in tongues we're talking about is this edification, this devotional praying in other tongues. And I want to tell you of a truth that God moves. I want to tell you of a truth. I could give you countless testimonies. When my kids were in trouble, and I didn't know what to do. And all I had was this gift to walk the floor at night. Father, I give them over unto you. Father, I don't know the mysteries that surrounding them, but I'm releasing it. I'm speaking to heaven right now. I know heaven's responding to these perfect prayers. I know the angels know this language because it's the tongue of heaven. And I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So I'm releasing the angels. What praying in tongues can do is it can avert catastrophe. It can release grace. It can release mysteries. It can release glories. A testimony I'll give. I was in college. And I had a friend who had a car. I wasn't born again then. I had a friend who had a car. And he would go off campus. And, and, and there were some girls that he said, come on, Swain, why don't you ride with me? we we'll take these girls home. And usually I'd be like, yeah, okay. But there was another young lady that I wanted to try to spend some time with. And I said, no, no, I'm not going today. I'm going to try to spend time with her. I'm going to leave it at that. But, you know, God will even use your carnality to save your life sometimes. So he left. He left. And, and I said, cool. Now, right when I had my eyes on this young woman, by the time I talked to him and came back to her, someone else had come along and it captured her attention. And I was like, oh, man, he gone and she gone. Man, look at me. I'm here all by myself. So I went to bed and I got up the next morning and a friend called and said, man, did you hear? I said, hear about what? About Donnie. The guy's name, my friend's name was Donnie. I said, hear about Donnie. I said, no, I ain't hear about Donnie. He said, um, he, got, he was killed last night. I said, what? He said, yeah, he was, he was coming back across this part of town. That's where he was taking young women to back home. And he said he was crossing these two train tracks and there was two trains coming. One passed, but the second one he didn't see and he hit him on the driver's side. Crushed the car, killed him instantly. Whoa. I said, really? Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what to do. So, you know, you're young. You're not people you know don't die like that, right? And I wasn't saved, but I had some church background in my life. So I, I called my mama. <laughs> I said, hey, ma. She said, son, how are you? I'm fine, ma. You know? Like, you know ma? Okay, you sure? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, ma, yes. You know, something happened last night. Really, what happened? And I told her story. And that's when my mom went, oh, 
That's what it was. Middle of the night last night, son, God began to stir up in my spirit. I didn't know what he was trying to say. It was mysterious to me. So I got up and I began to say, Lord, I'm committing my child to you. And I was going to pray in other tongues. I'm going to pray in the spirit. And she prayed in the spirit for me. In that moment, my life was changed. In that moment, it brought my life to here. Praying in other tongues can transform your life. It can transform the lives of others. It is not something that is extra for the extra special. If you've heard what the word of God has said about how it brings us into the love of God, into knowing how much God loves us, that is essential. And to bringing us into unity, that is essential. It is an essential part of who we are and who we call to be as believers. The most amazing thing about praying in other tongues, I will say, that I've also found is this, is that it waters the seed of your future. When you're born again, you're born of incorruptible seed. There's an incorruptible seed of eternal life and destiny and call that's put on the inside of you. In the seed of an apple, um, and the apple seed is an apple tree and everything that's required to make apples. When you're born again as a Jesus seed, and in that seed is everything that's required for you to look like, walk like, talk like Jesus and to fulfill your divine Jesus destiny. It's an incorruptible seed. You can step on it, it won't die. You cannot water it and it won't wither. You cannot plant it and it'll still be ready to grow whenever you do. Inside of you is an incorruptible seed. When you put um, the water of the Spirit of God and pray in other tongues, on that incorruptible seed. When you release that living water on that incorruptible seed, your destiny goes on the inside of you. The image of Christ in you begins to grow. The love of God in you begins to grow. And I want to tell you something. As part of the incorruptible seed on the inside of me, it's my family because my family's connected to me. Part of the incorruptible seed on the inside of me are my co-workers because my co-workers are connected to me. Part of the incorruptible seed on the inside of me is Vancouver and BC and Canada and the USA because that's all connected to me. So when I'm releasing this living water, praying in other tongues on the incorruptible seed in me, I am releasing the mysteries and the glory of God in my family, in my city, in my nation, in everything that's under my influence is bigger than you. The Bible says this, this you ought to pray for all men. How do you pray for all men? Well, I don't even know who all men are. When you begin to pray in other tongues, the spirit who knows the hearts of all men can help you intercede on behalf of all men. When you were praying other tongues, you release the living water of God on that incorruptible seed, not only for your life, but for all men. Because Jesus gave his life for all men that all might be saved. Praying in other tongues is essential. And as you do it, the more you do it, the more you will grow into the agape, the grace, the love of God to be edified. The more your prayers will be focused in where God needs to be focused on. And in this time in which we're living, we need to understand the mysteries of God like we've never had before. We need to know the times and what to do like, what, like we've never had before. 
and praying in the tongues is an essential way for you to get there. Amen? I want to pray. And I'm going to ask you uh, not to stand right now. I'm going to ask you just to engage. You know, some of the most devastating things you do, you can do sitting down. The people who flew the airplanes that dropped the bombs, atomic bombs on Japan in World War II, they dropped them bombs sitting down. But they were engaged. Okay? So I'm not going to ask you to stand, but I am going to ask you to engage. And in this moment, I'm going to pray in just a minute, but I want you to open up your heart and open up your spirit and be ready to receive. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit's ready to activate this gift inside of everyone here that's willing to receive. No, I'm going to change that. The Holy Ghost is ready to activate this gift inside everyone here. Whether you're willing to receive will impact on whether you allow him to do it in you. You know how some people have gotten filled with the spirit? Lord, I want to be able to pray more effectively. What do I do? And God filled them with the spirit. God, I want to make a difference in my city. What do I do? And God filled them with the spirit and released this gift of praying in other tongues for them. Yeah. You know, you can pray in other tongues and hear and see and think. You can pray in other tongues and cook and drive. So you got time. Father, you've heard this word. You say you confirm your word with signs, wonders, and miracles. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You're present here. And you're moving upon the hearts and lives of everyone here right now. Father, Holy Spirit, just fill, your, fill, the, fill the people. For those that are hungry, you said those that are hungry and thirst would be filled. God, fill all of the people here. For those that have been praying in tongues, God, refresh them in a new way. Refresh them in a greater way. Refresh them with new energy and new urgency to walk more fully and walk more completely, God, so that they can move on to the place of praying those agape kind of prayers. For those that have never experienced it, God, let them be filled for the first time. Let them be released in this gift for the first time. Let, them, let the utterance flow in them for the first time, God. For those that are not sure, clarify, God, their understanding that your revelation would flow and that gifts would be unlocked and that your water would flow through them in a glorious way. Holy Spirit, move upon everyone here. Holy Spirit, fill everyone here. Holy Spirit, fill everyone listening. Holy Spirit, release those gifts of other tongues, we pray in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to have you do something. The Bible says this, that it's as you give it utterance. He's going to speak to you, but you have to give it utterance. I can tell my kid all day, say dad, say dad, say dad. And they can look at me. And unless they give utterance, dad not going to come out of their mouth. So they have to give it utterance. God's not going to force you. He's not going to grab your head and go and make you open your mouth back and forth like that. 
But as he speaks, and it may be syllables first, it may be just a little bit first, but as he speaks, things will begin to come. And maybe first, it may come out, can't go no more, da, 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 da. It may come out little, it may come out. But that's my ask you right now, just get, yield yourself, yield your tongue. Yield your tongue to whatever language, whatever spirit God's flowing on the inside of you, even right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for activating people right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for confirming your word with signs, wonders, and miracles of people in this house and people even watching over television right now. Or watching over the, the this live stream right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing your work and your people. Thank you for stirring people to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for filling your people today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. Stay connected with us by following us on social media at LoveQuestINTL Church. And join us next time as we receive another powerful right now word brought to us by our man of God, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy the rest of your day. And in the meantime, get your love fixed, man.